welcome to the Seeds Church Podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on our Apple and Spotify podcasts. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message from our Sunday service. Well, it's great to see you. I'm just going to make a slight adjustment here from Wendy to me. That's much better, isn't it? Good day. So good to see you this moment. Those of you who are online, I can't see you, but I know you're there. I know lots of you are there, so welcome to worship. Australians, all let us rejoice, for we are one and free. A bit of a catch, see who's got that. With golden soil and wealth for toil, our home is girt by sea. I've never appreciated the fourth line of our national anthem as I have last year. The fact that we are girt by sea has protected us so much from coronavirus. We are fortunate to have Gertie protecting us, aren't we, really? (laughs) How good is that? Woman's Day magazine, quickly I'll add, I didn't read this, I found this online, okay, don't read Woman's Day magazine. Uh, Way back in 2011 said this, that we love a sunburnt country but we prefer to be girt by sea. Pretty well sums up our nation, doesn't it? We cling to the coastline. Our coastline means so much to us and so much more than just protection. Being a nation surrounded by oceans has formed us in in a particular way. It's infiltrated, it's impacted our minds. We, We love the beach, we cling to the coastlines, like I've said, And South Australia has some of the most magnificent beaches this country has to offer. It's not appreciated, of course, by the other states. It's something that South Australians should keep to ourselves. Let everybody else think of Gold Coast and Bondi and all those places, and we'll enjoy our own beaches by ourselves. True? You with me? Okay. We have a fondness for beaches. Uh, Susie and I were down um, Summerton Park over the Christmas New Year's period and it was full. We had to find a spot to put our towel. I mean, we had to get within, you know, 30 metres of someone else. You know, it was crazy. The surf, the sand, the sun and the waves all have a special place for us Aussies. It is a good thing we are girt. Let me pray. Lord, speak to us this moment. Help us see beyond that which is in front of us, and see you. Help us see the purpose you've called us to. Help us see what what you're doing in our lives and the the lives of those around us, and may we join in with that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as Wendy has already said, today we're in part two of our State of Gratitude series, where we are looking at various parts of our state in order to provoke gratitude in our hearts. So, Last week, Adelaide Plains. Next week, we'll talk, talk about the Murray River. And finally, we'll wrap up the series talking about the outback. While talking about the future, let me just add that in February and in March, I plan to conduct a series on the values that we hold. Some of these values that we actually hold, some of them ones that we should hold, some of them that we should grow into. Then in mid-March, we'll do a four-part series on the images of Jesus or the the pictures of Jesus that we see from Luke's gospel. And again, we'll do our 21 days of prayer as we run into Easter. Do you know Easter's only a couple of months away? It's crazy, isn't it? The the year is nearly gone. Have you bought your Christmas presents yet? 
Also need to let you know that at this point, we have not found the person to oversee our kids' ministry area. So we're re-advertising this position and we're casting it a little bit wider. It is a half-time position and the title has been changed to further reflect who we are looking for and the outcomes we are wanting. So it's now called a Children and Families Director. If this sparks interest for you, then please would you look at the job spec on our website and would you pray about applying or you might know somebody that needs a nudge to pray about applying. The, the employment process at Seeds is far more about a discernment process as to what the Spirit of God is saying to the person and to the church. So what we're looking for is someone who's passionate about Jesus, a passionate also about helping kids and families connect with Jesus. Now I'm going to say working for a church is never going to make you rich, but it's good. It's very, very rewarding. So today, I want to talk to you about gratitude, and I'm going to use the beach as an example. Can I see a show of hands for those who love the beach? Wow, that's pretty solid, isn't it? That's, that's good. There are many things that draw us to the beach. The freedom, the clean air, the smell of the salt. Some people love the wind blowing through. The others like the feel of the sand squidging on their toes. Some like the waves buffeting around and pushing on their body. There are many here at Seeds who love to catch those waves. One of those person is Brenton Greer. Now, Brenton works for Green Adelaide, which is part of the Department of Environment and Water. And last year, he was acting director of the entire national parks in South Australia. Brenton has been here at Seeds for 12 years. You wouldn't have seen him out the front very much, but he's just about to come out. Uh, you'd have seen his three daughters who lead us in worship again and again and again. Uh, Brenton is well qualified to speak on the beach, being an avid surfer for a long time. He tells me he has a huge collection of surfboards, very small collection of surfboards. Three of those are behind me. How good is that? So would you welcome Brenton as he comes and speaks about the beach? Naughty. So uh, good morning, Seeds Church, and uh, thanks, Jonathan, for suggesting I talk about why having gratitude for our coastline of South Australia is something I might be able to describe. So most Adelaideans have a special love of our coastline, a coastline that stretches from Selitz Beach in the south to somewhere like Port Gawler in the north. And as Jonathan mentioned, it's, a, it's the special coastal delights that we know about that might not be as well known as somewhere like Gold Coast or Noosa, Torquay, Margaret River, but it has beauty, serenity and majesty that compete with most other coastal places around, uh, around Australia. Now, I won't talk about the entire coastline of South Australia, as I know though, those who are in person here today would like to go home at some stage. But I will talk about some of the special places from my point of view from around the Adelaide area. Some of my best childhood and teenage memories are set around our coast, and I'm sure many listening to me speak would have similar recollections. Whether it was being allowed to sit behind the steering wheel of Dad's XP Ford Falcon and having the excitement of steering the car up the shoreline of the Silver Sands Beach and maybe having driven through the water because Dad wasn't concentrating enough and I was only four. <laughs> or spending all afternoon body surfing at uh, Boomer Beach near Port Elliot and not breaking your neck but paying your dues as you suffered from a sunburnt back that evening. 
or maybe getting that mole cut out 30 years later. Or perhaps having fish and chips on the beach at Semaphore with your parents and brothers while watching the sun go down across the gulf and you're all keeping a keen eye out for that mythical flash, the green flash as the sun disappears over the horizon. These are all great memories that many continue to create for themselves today. Now, I will pause here to let you know, while I love the coastline, I don't love everything about it. I'm a bit odd, as my family will attest, because as I've matured, I've learnt that I really don't enjoy mixing food and beach sand. Nowadays, I'm much happier to buy those fish and chips and sit on a cool green lawn while eating my butterfish dim sim and potato fritter. And also, camping in a cheap tent on the coast in windy weather isn't the best way to get a good night's sleep, so uh, I'm happy to go tenting a bit further inland, or better still, a nice B&B. Anyway, in a general sense, I think I love the way the elements of geology, water, wind and tides have resulted in such beautiful land and seascapes. Along Adelaide's coastline, we have wide sandy beaches, nearshore reefs, coastal cliffs, river estuaries, dune systems, mangroves, mudflaps, and I'll stop because I'm a geographer, so I could go on forever. But it is also the way the coast changes through the day with the wind and sun that can produce calm, clear mornings where the sea is like a mill pond, the ruffle on the ocean surface when the first hints of a sea breeze start to be felt during a late summer morning, sand being whipped up by strong winds in the afternoon and calm returning once more as the sun sets. And each of these parts of the day are especially appreciated by coast lovers. The surfers, the boaties, the walkers, they love the still mornings. The yachties get excited as the wind increases, giving expectations of it filling their sails. The uh, crazy mad kite surfers and sailboarders, they love to test their skills and their strengths on the strong afternoon wind. And the romantics, they love to sit and watch a sunset while holding hands with their loved one on a calm summer evening. So, working from north to south, a bit like Jonathan did for the Adelaide Plains last... No, sorry, I'm going to work from south to north. Oh, I got my geography wrong. Um, like I did, uh, um, that Jonathan did for the Adelaide Plains last week. Some of the special places for which I can express gratitude along Adelaide's coastline include the following, and some of them may be yours. So, Silver Sands and Aldinga Beach. Those beautiful sandy beaches and clear waters are perfect for the Adelaide tradition of taking your car on the beach and spending the day swimming, uh, playing cricket, and then helping each other get off the beach in the evening when we get bogged in our probably low-slung Commodores. Then there's Aldinga Washpool. It's a little-known coastal wetland between Aldinga and Selix that looks stunning as it fills with runoff waters through winter and spring. It's a treat for bird watchers with uh, local and migratory shorebirds and waders are plenty. And as the weather warms up during the spring and early summer, you'll see them there. It's also a really special place for our Ghana community, the people of the Adelaide Plains. It was a rich source of plant and animal foods. It was good shelter and a key location for their cultural traditions. Now, I can't go past the Mid-Coast mid Surfing Reserve. And so for many who enjoy riding the waves, the coastline between Port Wollonga in the south to Port Norlunga in the north is chock full of wave riding potential. I do say potential purposely because many surfers will have less gratitude for the location of Kangaroo Island. It blocks much of the swell getting to these great reef and beach breaks. But when the westerly swells do sneak in through Investigator Strait, there'll be hundreds of surfers out there trying to get their own little piece of wave. The Onkaparinga River mouth. 
This is where the river meets the sea and creates the perfect location for kayaking, paddleboarding, swimming, fishing. And I know autumn and spring, it is the perfect Instagrammable picture at sunset. Port Nalunga Jetty. Who can ever forget the first time they jetty jumped from atop the handrails? Or just, yeah, I heard that. Or just as exciting, snorkeling around the reef and then climbing over the reef to the other side to explore that seaward edge. Hallett Cove, those amazing rock formations uh, that include boulders that have been moved all the way from Inman Valley to um, Hallett Cove by glaciers. And for those who are part of the Seeds Hikers group, it's the boardwalk from Hallett Cove to Merino Rocks where they've trained for many a hike with uh, heavy backpacks. And there are so many stairs. It's a great place to train uh, and we can't wait for the boardwalk to be uh, repaired and there's good coffee at either end if you go at the right time of the day. Now, Kingston Park, heading north, that's a beautiful place uh, where I'd get to go see my then girlfriend, now wife Andrea, with her family when they stayed there at the caravan park for summer holidays. No more stories about that. Um, <laughs> West Beach is another place where uh, my family would stay in the caravan park over school holidays while uh, Dad went to work, which seemed to be a bit of tradition back then. Um, there was lots of uh, canasta in the annex, uh, there was mini golf, and there was body surfing every day at the beach. Uh, some of you may know Tennyson Dunes, just uh, near West Lakes. That is the last remaining intact juice system of the metropolitan coastline. Just thought I'd throw that little fact in. But a colleague of mine wants to reintroduce the locally extinct death adder here. Can't think why it's not quite taking on, but anyway. <laughs> and then St Kilda. Not immediately a beautiful place in a lot of people's eyes, but the diversity amongst the mangroves is amazing. And if you go kayaking on the tidal in inlets and with the dolphins often, and you go crabbing at low tide, these are great things to do on this great bit of coastline. And finally, uh, I'll finish with Port Gawler. So yeah, it is probably best known as a graveyard for stolen vehicles. Uh, that's how we knew it when I grew up in the northern suburb. But it's much, much more than that. It's, uh, again, some uh, internationally important migratory way to habitat. These birds that fly from Siberia and Alaska all the way to our little old coastline. It's a nursery for fish for the Gulf. So if you catch fish in the Gulf, give thanks for these, uh, these places. And it's actually one of our newer national parks as well. So um, it's a pretty good spot. And I think it might be the closest place to Adelaide where our South Australian tradition of shacks exist. Uh, and start. So many of you may have had uh, summer holidays at your beach shacks. So there you have it. That's uh, my gratitude for our coastline. Our coastline is not without its threats. It's got uh, rising sea levels. It's got encroaching residential development, polluted runoff impact, uh, impacting seagrass meadows. I won't go on. But it is resilient and, uh, and I do love it and I know a lot of people here love it, and I give thanks for us all having this amazing land and seedscape right at our doorsteps. It's something that we read regularly about in the Bible as either background geography, maybe a metaphor, and sometimes the scene of important events. So on that note, I'll hand back to Jonathan, but thanks for letting me talk about my gratitude for the coast. Thank you. Thank you, Brenton. Well, the Bible speaks a lot about the sea, and images of the sea are used over and over again. Let me just give you 
little snapshot. The Spirit hovers over the surface of the waters in creation. God saves Noah and entourage from the flood. Moses' staff splits the Red Sea, permitting safe travel and deliverance from Egypt. Later, the Ark of the Covenant also parts the Jordan River as the Israelites move into the Promised Land. In the Psalms, we hear the prayer, may he, that is the king, have dominion from sea to sea. In the New Testament, we see it is an important place in the narrative surrounding Jesus and his ministry centers around the Sea of Galilee. Jesus teaches from a boat on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus walks on water. Peter tries to walk on water. Jesus appears to the disciples on the shoreline, that first resurrection appearance uh, as they were out fishing. The Apostle Paul, who features later in the New Testament, crisscrosses the Mediterranean and is even shipwrecked. And then right at the very end, the book of the Revelation, we see from Revelation 15, uh, a scene where the sea of glass is mingled with fire, shown as an image beneath the great throne of God. And that's just to name a couple. There are so many more. So let me take you to the specific passage that Wendy read out to us from Mark chapter 4, where we find this interesting narrative with Jesus and the disciples. And the account starts with Jesus wanting to cross over to the other side uh, on the Sea of Galilee. So they get in a boat, possibly a fishing boat. Now, the Sea of Galilee, as I understand it, is notorious for storms uh, whipping up in a hurry. And they can be incredibly violent, but they emerge out of nowhere. And so this is what happened, verse 37 of Mark chapter 4. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Now, I've, I've been in some rough seas, but never in a boat that has been nearly swamped. And I'm sure, though, all of us can imagine how terrifying that experience would be. Now, we have to remember, in this boat were seriously experienced fishermen. And they were used to making their livelihood over this, of this very sea, the Sea of Galilee. They're not landlubbers like I am, but these were disciples who knew what was going on, but they didn't know what they could do. And so then we find two remarkable things that happen in this little story. The first is the disciples in their fear and anxiety discover that Jesus is asleep in the boat, okay? So you get the scene, don't you? The waves are stirring and the water's coming in and the boat is in danger of being swamped. That is, more water's getting in the boat than what should be. And Jesus is in the stern, in the back, asleep on a beanbag, on a cushion, fast asleep, and the disciples are frantically trying to work out what they can do because this is out of their experience. They don't know how to cope, this, cope with this. Now, I reckon I would have done exactly the same thing as the disciples did. That is, waking him up instead of going, hmm, we're panicking and Jesus is asleep. I wonder what we're missing. Now, the second remarkable thing happens. Verse 39, Jesus gets up. 
rebukes the wind and says to the waves, be quiet, be stilled. One of the literal translations of this is he says to the waves, be muzzled, be contained, let me hold you down. And so then the wind dies down and was completely calm. Can you, can you just put yourself in that? Raging storm around you, Jesus speaks and it's gone. And he says to his disciples, verse 40, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? For the disciples, Jesus shows his mastery over the sea. He shows them that he is bigger than their greatest fears, their anxieties. He's bigger than the threats that seem to be about to overtake them. And the same, the exact same thing is true for us. Jesus is bigger than our worries. He's bigger than our anxieties. He's bigger than the threats that seem almost to overtake us at this very moment. He's bigger than our fear. And I don't know about you, but I look around our society and our society at the moment is gripped and responding out of fear more and more. It's an aspect of this story that we should never lose. Even in the most difficult times, Jesus is still bigger than that which comes against us. Jesus has full command over that which frightens us and causes us our deepest terrors. Do you believe it? For the Israelites, their relationship with the sea was one of suspicion and dread. They were not a seafaring nation, even though some of their land bordered the sea. They saw it as something to keep away from and something to distrust, which leads me and us to the sea, the beach. There is hardly a thing more frightening than that which you can experience on the sea. Its power is immense. Its force is unrivaled. It, it is ginormous in a rough sea, to wonder, who, where can I go and how can I be saved from this? Yet, Jesus remains in charge of it and one voice, one word from his voice stills the storm. He continues to still storms today. Even in your life, whether you're here in person or you're online watching this a little bit later on, some of those storms that we face are physical storms and issues that we've got in our own bodies. Some of those storms are emotional storms or relational storms that are causing ructions inside of us and around us. Some of them um, are work-related storms. We have to work with people that, that are just causing havoc. Some of them are, are circumstantial. We've just found ourselves in a place in which is causing this issue and we can't see what's going on and the boat we're in is just about to be swamped. Some of those storms we find ourselves are in spiritual storms and we're under attack. Jesus is bigger than any storm. My friends, that is the good news. The good news that Jesus is over everything. My friends, we should be grateful for the sea. 
for the beach, for its beauty, for its splendor, for the way it, it refreshes our soul by its very presence. Do you notice that? You walk on the beach for 20 minutes and it's like you've, I don't know, it just does something, doesn't it? It just does something. Am, am I alone here? Do you believe me? You feel this too? You do? Good. Good. We should give thanks for the benefits of South Australian beaches, for what they bring to us, for the relaxation they offer to us, for the recreation that they bring. And I hope you have a look at some of the beaches that, that Brenton mentioned to us and, and have an appreciation for them in a, in a new way. But our gratitude should also lead us to acknowledge the creator and the master of the sea, the one who forms the beaches, the one whose idea it was in the first place. You know, a friend of mine who was a scientist before coming into the ministry always reminds me, he says, Jonathan, you know, creation is God's other Bible. I've said that before, but it, it means that like the Bible gives witness and glory to God, so does creation, so does the beach. It's meant to inspire us into the maker. I think we're meant to look at the beach and to experience its beauty and its majesty and to ask questions like, who made this? Who inspired this? Or the deeper question, who controls this? When Jesus calmed the storms, the disciples asked questions. Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? In the same way, we're meant to ask the questions, questions that probe into more than we can see and feel and smell. We, we are intelligent human beings, are we not? Nod your head if you're intelligent. Good, you're all nodding. We are given the gift to use that intelligence to see further and to think deeper and to ask those questions. Who is it that owns this? Who is it that made this? So let me ask you, can you see deeper than where you're at at the moment? Can you see over the problems and see where God is active in them? Can you see beyond your fears of storms and to see what God is doing? Can you see the place of recreating that God is taking you or are you too busy focusing on the storm? Are you a disciple who is worried about the waves coming into your boat and you should be looking at Jesus as he rests and he sits and he has faith and he trusts? Like I said last week, practicing gratitude is a good thing for us. It's healthy. It's positive. It moves us from our own perspective to the giver of the gift. God is the giver of the gift of our beautiful beaches in South Australia. And I wonder if next time you go to the beach and you wriggle your toes in the sand and you feel the wind on your face, that you would pause just for a moment. In that pausing, stop and give thanks and say, God, you have blessed us. Thank you. I acknowledge you as the giver of this gift. To see the waves and, and to give thanks for the faithfulness of God. To feel the warmth of the sun and you say, thank you. Thank you, sun, for the light. Not S-U-N, but S-O-N. You know, you, you get the play words? I'm, yeah, okay. I'm just making sure. You didn't think I was a crazy, twisted theologian somewhere <laughs> to feel the wind I just had to be sure Bailey that was all <laughs> to, to, to feel the wind and, and to know the breath of the spirit upon you as well 
like we have a Trinitarian faith, don't we? All those parts engage us and we should engage with God. So if you don't know, my friends, if you don't know this Jesus that I've been talking about, well, I encourage you to know him, to engage with him. You know, all things, the Bible says, all things were created through him. All things. He is the one. No wonder he can say to the storm, stop, because he was the one who put it there in the first place. If you don't know him, I call you into a place where you will know him, to have a relationship with the one who still stills storms even today, storms that you might have in your life, storms that would threaten to overwhelm you, storms that would, would harm you and, and, and stop you and, and, and be debilitating so that you can't, active, you can't be active, you can't move, you can't go forward. Today is the day to have a relationship with that Jesus. So I invite you to take me seriously on that. If you want to talk about that further and anybody you see up the front, come and, come and have a chat with them or, or, or someone as you recognise, someone who else is with some spiritual authority. My friends, we have a great state and we have an even greater God. So I encourage you, let's show gratitude for all that we are blessed with. We might be girt by sea, but we have a great God who is around us, through us, and wants to be in us. I encourage you to invite him in as you experience the beach. Let me lead you in prayer. Lord, we praise you. We thank you. Thank you for your, your gift of creation, but your gift of the sea in which we enjoy. It, it is so magnificent. We praise you for it. We thank you that it points us to a deeper truth, that you're the one who made it, that you're the one who, who calms storms even storms in our lives. May we have enough faith to see you and to bring them to you rather than resting with them ourselves. We ask your inspiration as we live this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Seeds Church podcast. We hope you join in with us next week. For more information, you can visit our website at seedschurch.org.